Coochie for a good There you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras on Now, what's up? It's the Breakfast Club. I'm Angela Yee. Charlemagne and Envy, I would assume, are on their way here, but the weather's kind of bad. I think it's icy out, icy conditions. This is why they live in Jersey, in the suburbs. I live in Brooklyn. I didn't have any problems getting here this morning. Everything was fine, so those guys are probably... Oh, here we go. Jesus! Charlemagne's here. I was saying there's probably icy conditions for you and Envy, and that's one of the things about living in the suburbs. My, they, they had salt through my, my cul-de-sac this morning. Your cul-de-sac? Yeah, so <laughs> I was cool. I was cool on the way in. Yeah, it's like nothing, it's not even any snow in Brooklyn. It is cold, though. It's very cold. I don't know what, what's going on in the rest of America, but I know here in uh, New Jersey, New York, it's supposed to be 6 degrees. Well, guess what? Some places in the Midwest, it's going to be below 70. Well, God bless them. <laughs> below 70? Yes, negative 70. Negative 70? Uh-huh. Negative oh, yeah, 70. I did read that because they say it's going to be colder in Chicago than it is in, in Antarctica. In Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Well. And let me tell you something. Yeah, so, and relatively speaking, it's not that cold compared to what it could be like. I, hey, man. I, I was guess. in Detroit over the weekend, last weekend, and I was like, I think I have frostbite. But my hands were all numb and everything, and everybody's like, you don't have frostbite. What exactly is frostbite? Is that when your hands turn to ice? Like, to turn no, to ice, they, they look like on cartoons and then break off? They turn black. I was looking at pictures of it this morning, and we're going to talk about it more during Front Page News. Just signs that you're getting frostbite. I just thought, you know, your hands be all numb, but I didn't know your hand, your fingers turn black. And I think I read, a, I read an article yesterday that said, like, 14 or 15 homeless people were found dead in Chicago because of the freezing temperatures? Yeah, it's really bad. So they said even the U.S. Postal Service won't be going out in some places because the weather is so terrible. Minnesota could be 70 degrees below the wind chill. Well, well, make sure you put on your big coat, okay? That's what my wife said to me this morning before I left the house. She said, you ain't got no coat longer than that? I'm like, what you mean longer? It's not about length, is it? Well, thank God it's not about length. We <laughs> well, wouldn't be together. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I have on my big she coat. She didn't want your morning. little knees cold. That's what she said. She yeah. was like, "Yo, put on your long I would coat." Think even a short coat is long on you. Just knock it off. <laughs> I'm layered, though. I'm layered. I'm layered. Now we got a special guest today. Uh, co-owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. Michael Rubin. Michael Rubin. He's part of the whole reform initiative uh, with Meek Mill. Okay, reform if you don't know, Alliance. Who, if you don't know who Michael Rubin is, he's one of the rich white guys that's around Meek Mill. When okay. Meek Mill says maybe it's to Michael Rubin's or the Robert Krafts. And he's, he's not been a Robert businessman since he was like eight years old. Very interesting story he has. Mm-hmm. Net worth of a few billion dollars, but you know who's counting his pockets? He's not. Yes. We don't even want to talk about that, I bet. But more importantly, it's about the Reform Alliance that he'll be up here uh, discussing, among other things. This and how morning. did he even get involved in that? You know, he's going to talk about his aha moment when he realized about the injustices mm-hmm. that black people have to face here in America. Yes. Also, you know, we are going to do front page news. And since we're talking about injustices, we're going to talk about Jesse Smollett because this was really oh, sad. This really hurt my heart because I've done several events with him. He's been up here on The Breakfast Club. Good we dude. watched him on Empire. Really a great person. And the fact that we live in a country where people still think like this and are this disgusting, we'll discuss that yeah. in front page news also. All right. It's the world's most dangerous morning show. It's Wednesday! 
day. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. <laughs> Let's start the show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. It's cold outside. I just want to tell everybody, give yourself extra time. A lot of schools are opening late. It's nasty out there. I couldn't even, even speak. My daughter's school got canceled this morning. Canceled, really? Yes, sir. They sent me the text message on the way in. But I, I already had her uh, not going today anyway because like a bunch of kids at our school got the flu. Mm. Like literally like yeah, everybody's 13 sick. kids really? on home. Because of the flu, so I was like, oh, well, you staying home the rest of the day. My week. daughter had the flu, and, and we actually didn't know. We just thought she was sick. She wasn't eating, mm. and we took her to the hospital, and they, they said she actually was coming off of the flu, so we, we were very lucky. So it works out for her because she, she won't be missing a day because they canceled school today anyway. There you go. Well, let's get in some front-page news. What are we talking about here? Well, we were talking about the weather. As you said, it is freezing outside. It's, it's extreme weather. If you have a flight, some flights have been canceled. They said there's about 2,700 flights that were canceled. A lot of them were Yikes. going in and out of Chicago airports. Even Amtrak's not going to Chicago right now. They're saying the weather is so extreme in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, now this weather is going to affect so much of our population. 72% of the continental U.S. population will see those temperatures drop below freezing over the next few days. So that affects a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said the weather is so bad, even the U.S. Postal Service is not going to be going out as well. So just make sure you check your flights. I know people are flying to Atlanta. Just make sure. If you got a flight. How's your flight? Um, so far, it's fine. So far, so good. Yeah, so far, so good. I'm leaving even, um, today, so yeah. I was like, "What does negative? What does negative seventy degrees feel like?" I don't want to know. With the wind chill, chill and be careful with frostbite. Jesus. They said you can get frostbite in just minutes. So in a lot of places, just make sure you are bundled up. Keep your hands bundled up. Your your feet, your ears, everything. I had a show in Denver. And it was negative fifty, mm. and you couldn't breathe. Like walking, you couldn't breathe. It felt like your your breath was frozen every time you try. It's like it, it was. I don't. I'm not a smoker, but I I would take it as somebody that smoked a lot and just ran up the stairs and really couldn't catch their breath. And that got to be like, a, that got to be a different level of shrinkage, right? Like very. Humbling. I didn't check. I wasn't thinking about my shrinkage. Why is everything about your shrinkage, bro? It, I'm just saying that got to be very. Humbling. I'm not thinking about my penis when He's it's insecure. that cold. Very humbling. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about Jesse Smollett. This was so really sad. sad. Star from Empire. Um, and he's openly gay. He also plays a gay character on the show Empire. Mm-hmm. And according to uh, sources, they're saying that he was going down to get a sandwich from Subway. He was hungry. And that's when he was brutally attacked. Now, this attack happened by, um, according uh, to police, the police department in Chicago, they said that um, he was going to go out and they were yelling homophobic slurs at him. They recognized him from Empire. They had a MAGA hats on. They screamed, this is MAGA country. They, they were had wearing, MAGA hats Oh, on? no, actually, they were wearing ski masks, and they was they said, this is MAGA country. This is what they were screaming at him. They Jesus. said, aren't you that? And they yelled out a gay slur. Obviously pre-planned. On Empire. Obviously pre-planned. They were waiting for him, which is so sad. I mean, now, they said they it could have been pre-planned. They, they, put, just a, they but, put a rope around his neck. But who carries bleach with them? Like, who walks around with bleach? I don't you know. You know what I mean? It's like, nobody walks around with bleach. Who walks around with a noose? That's what I'm saying. That's what I said. They, they was probably waiting on him pre-planned. But they said he had just landed, though. So he just landed, went to Subway at, like, 2 in the morning. So yeah. I don't know. Let's say followed him home. Let's say he was waiting at his house or something. Maybe. They were know. wearing ski masks. That's and, so crazy, you know, man. he had been getting all kinds of death threats and letters saying, you will die, black gay slur word. And that letter was sent eight days ago to the Fox Studios in Chicago. Now, here is what Lee Daniels had to say. Jesse, you are my son. You didn't deserve, nor anybody deserves, to have a noose put around your neck, to have bleach thrown on you, mm. to be called die, or whatever they said to you. It starts at home, yo. We have to love each other, regardless of what sexual orientation we are. And no racist 
can come in and do the things that they did to you. Hold your head up, Jesse. It's just another day in America. I'm going to tell you something, man. 2019, this story sounds unbelievable, especially I being that it's in that. Chicago. MAGA country now. <laughs> if it was in the South, I would say it sounds about right, but hate crimes have been on the rise in most major cities. It just sounds like something you would see in a movie, on a TV show, but sadly, it's not <sighs> as real life. So I'm sending positive energy to Jesse, and I hope the people who did that to you get shot. All right, well, that is your front page news, and we'll be talking more about this this morning and letting you know any details that we might have to uh, give us more information on who these disgusting people were that would do something like this. And shout out to the OG Steve Harvey. Trump Steve Harvey left a message. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey said, we with you, brother, and whatever you want to do, we going to do. He said, take it, take it how you want to take it. Whatever you want to do, we could do. Talk to my guy, Steve, uh, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. All right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night. It's too cold this morning, or you just want to vent a little bit. Phone lines are wide open. The number again is 800-585-1051. Or if you feel blessed, you want to spread some positivity, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's up, Envy? What's up, Trav? Hey, Trav. Hey, girl. What's up, boo? How you doing, boo? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, Char. Hi, sis. You sound um, mad at me. What'd I do? Char. I felt shade just now. That was a little shady. That did feel shady. <laughs> that was good. I'm, I'm still not talking to you from last week, Charlotte, man, when you called J. Cole. The Tim Duncan of rap. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. Drama, can you please fart on Charlamagne? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that sounds like sexual harassment, Drum. You better not fart on me. All right? <laughs> Keep your butt away from me, Drum. All right? Listen, though, man. I just want to um, just call real quick. This is, you know, sh- shout out to Jesse Smullett. And everybody knows the story by now. You know, he was attacked outside by uh, outside a subway by a MAGA hat wearing, homophobic, slur spewing white men. Well, we don't um, know if he was wearing a MAGA hat. Like, well, no, yeah, he had on, the guys had on had ski, ski masks, masks, according to reports. And they Wait, said, so where did the MAGA hat stuff come No, they said that he said this is MAGA, MAGA country. MAGA country, yeah. Oh, gotcha, Allegedly, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Well, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just glad Jesse is okay. And, uh, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't end up a hashtag. You right. know, they, thank God for that. That He didn't end up a new, another hashtag. He didn't end up dead. Right. You know, they, they didn't do whatever they were trying to do to him. And, and hopefully, I mean, and hopefully the people who did that to him get shot. And, and I'm just reading through the comments on, like, certain blogs, and I just see people divided, whether it was racism or whether it was homophobia. You know, it was a hate crime on a right. black gay it's man. That, that's the only thing you mm-hmm. need to know. And just to like all my black men and my black women, even with the story of the black woman who said she got raped on Instagram Live, like, I don't care what your sexuality or your preference is. At, 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 at this point, if you black, we just have to protect each other. We got to look out for each You're other. Right. And Absolutely there. right. Like, me personally, I keep, well, not me personally, because it's, it's illegal to have it, but you should at least keep mace. And a razor on you, something like this at this point, because you don't know, these people are crazy, man. And you got to have something on yourself to make sure that you protect it. Trav, can I ask you a question? What's up? What else do you keep on you to b off in somebody's face? Stop it. Why do you always have to flirt with Trav? I'm not flirting. I asked Trav a question. It's the way you You ask him. You took Trav's case tasty cakes last time, and now you asking about what? I just simply asked him. He got mates, but what else do you have to put in some put in somebody's face? There he is this morning, Charlamagne. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) You keep trying, Trav. All right, Trav. That's my guy. I love Trav. All right, keep trying, Trav. Don, what up, Don? What's up, DJ Envy? Good morning, Anthony. Good morning. What's up, Charlamagne? What's up, my brother? Hey, man. I was 
Man, it's cold as hell down here in Miami, bro. It's cold in Miami? Hell yeah, yeah. Let me go check it's the temperature hell, in Miami man. to see what y'all three, call cold. Three, three days in a row, man. I'm tired of this, man. Let me see what te- like temperature is in Miami. It's, seven, it's 59 it's, degrees in Miami right now. Six, it's 61. That is not freezing. And the high is 71 today. Beat it, my guy. I can't believe you had a nervous one. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. You know what? It's 21 degrees right now in New York. The low going to be 6 degrees today. You talking about cold? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Jay, what up? Yo, good morning, man. It's Jay out of Atlanta, man. How y'all doing this morning? What's, What's up, happening? Envy. Hey. Charlamagne. Hey, I just want to say why I'm blessed, man. Super Bowl week down here in Atlanta. I got a bunch of events planned. Going to be real live, man. You a party promoter or a scammer? Good times. Oh, no, nah, I'm a owner of the Bomb A Lemonade Vodka. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. My fault. Word. Okay, well, enjoy. Yeah, you know, the only... A whole bunch of fans this week. The only thing that scares me about Atlanta is it's going to be so many people in that town. It's going to be so much traffic. I hope every club and every venue is packed. But it's going to be a hard one, man. Pause. Oh, yeah. All the clubs are going to be lit, man. Especially it's going to be cold at night now. in Atlanta. It's going to be like 20 degrees. Yeah, but this today is the last day. It's going to be in the twenties or whatever. For the rest of the week, it's going to push up to the fifties. So we should have not at night. Yeah, but it's beautiful. It'll be beautiful if it's cold down there in Atlanta, man. Because all them black people gonna have their furs on and they long shirts. Yeah, it's gonna be fly, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all coming down? Y'all coming down? Nah, hell no. Me and you'll be down there. I'll be there today, actually. All right, I'll see y'all in traffic then, man. Yeah, right, bro. Emily. Hi, good morning. Happy birthday. Happy born day, Emily. Uh, it's actually my boyfriend's birthday. I wanted oh. to call in and wish Alex a happy birthday today. Happy birthday, Alex. Oh, happy birthday, him. Alex. I don't know him. You don't know him. <laughs> we listen to you guys every day on the podcast app, so he'll be listening to this this afternoon. He's going to lose his mind. Oh, okay. Alex, thank you for listening every day, but I still don't know you. Happy birthday, Alex. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. Hope you all stay warm today. All thank right, you. Emily. Can I say why I'm stressed this morning? Why are you stressed? I forgot my phone at home. Good. You know what type Uh-oh. of feeling that That's is? good. But I have to leave and go to Atlanta after I leave here. Let me tell you oh. something. I kind of need my phone. You see this book right here? It's called Digital Minimalism. Last chapter I read last night was called Spend Time Alone. One of the first practices of spending time alone is leaving your phone at home. I'm not alone. Yeah, I'm she with needs you homework. guys. Yeah, she needs, she needs the value of solitude. We have solitude deprivation. Sometimes you need to be alone. You don't need to be connected. I'm not alone. What are you talking about? I'm not your, alone. I'm at work. Well, I'm just saying practice. What does that say, ye? Practice. I can't leave your phone at home. Leave your phone at home then. I do, yeah, put I your do, phone away. I do a lot. All right, well, put your phone away too. Listen, I check my screen time this week for Instagram. 35 minutes. Leave your phone at home. I do. I can't leave my phone at home. I got kids. Michelle. DJ MD, what's up? What's up, Michelle? Get it off your chest, mama. Okay. I just want to say I'm blessed. I love you guys. I'm so excited to be on the air. But DJ Emmy, Yes, ma'am. I am so, so mad at you. Uh-oh. Yesterday, you totally watched Charlamagne hanging. Totally. <laughs> totally watched what? You left him hanging. How you left me hanging? Uh-oh. Charlamagne, I mean, DJ Envy, yeah. you... A whole bunch of podcasts ago, you were saying, oh, wow, wow, my daughter, uh, man, is going to be with a black boy. Totally. And then yesterday, you just totally, totally switched up. 
No, I never said I wanted my daughter with a black boy or any. First of all, stop saying black boy. Yeah, that's right. Black young man. Black young man. Okay. I said I want my daughter with anybody that'll treat her happy. That's what I said. Treat her well. Yeah, treat her well. I didn't say anything about her. I want her to be with a black man. It was the wrong podcast you're listening to. Wrong envy. DJ Envy, it was you. I promise it was you. No, you pull us up the audio and send it to us. Yeah, you posted a picture with my daughter going out with a white guy. I mean, he didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't leave me hanging. though. he just. Had, that's his opinion. Like, I mean, I, I think I like. I don't. I want my daughter to be happy too. But I just. I just like black love. I think with the dismantling of the black family in America, I just like to see black husbands, black wives, black kids. Yeah, we all love black love. No, but I don't care I who totally my daughter is. Totally agree with you, Charlamagne. Totally agree. But DJ Envy, I just did not feel yesterday. I'm gonna pull it up. Pull it up. I'm gonna have to call yeah, send it to, to us. All right, I love y'all. I'm from Detroit. See y'all later. And that podcast you're talking about was uh, November. That was when my daughter went out with a, a, a white young man, and I said I didn't have a problem with it. Why you didn't say white boy? You said black boy. She said black boy. Oh. Black young man, white young man. <laughs> Initially, y'all said black Can boy. Can you guys stop? No, we said black young man. <laughs> I need my phone because I don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you up. You ain't got your phone. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Nayib, we got rumors on the way? Yes, we'll be talking about the Wendy Williams show. What is the plan for that show right now? We'll tell you what star is taking over the duties in the meantime while she's trying to get it together. All right, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. This is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's get to these rumors. Let's talk Nick Cannon. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. All right. Well, Nick Cannon, first of all, is going to be taking over Wendy Williams' duties for her show on February 4th, 5th, and 6th. Mm. We already told you that Wendy Williams' family has announced that she's recovering from her fractured shoulder. She's been in the hospital as a result of symptoms from her Graves' disease. And the staff does want to get back to work, so everybody's hoping that she's well. They said the mood at the set is good. They want Wendy to get better, but in the meantime, that's one of the feelings. So did, she say, did she ever say how she fractured her shoulder? No. No. She mm. has not. She hasn't spoken anything, said anything, I don't think. Mm. Yeah, she's, I mean, you know, it's been, this has been ongoing since she fractured her shoulder in December, and then she was slurring her words on the air. She said it was the painkillers, and she was taking those painkillers to treat her fracture. That's right, Nick. Well, Nick, you go in there and you wear that turban and scare them white people in the daytime, okay? Well, it's interesting you say that because Nick Cannon has an interview with guest Riza Islam. Now, that is, uh, Riza Islam is a humanitarian. He's also a soldier under the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He's an educator, an activist, and they were discussing black men and white women. Now, here is what Nick Cannon had to say about dating white women. White women are looked at as success because yes. in, in America, we see a white woman, I couldn't have you. My daddy mm -hmm. couldn't have you. My granddaddy couldn't have you. Mm -hmm. I would get killed even looking at mm -hmm. you. People, if they thought I whistled at you, they would murder me. Mm -hmm. So now, if I play for the NBA, I want them all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'll I can, and I can afford them all. That's, yeah. what, that's what they're thinking. Nick gotta stop. That's such an old, outdated way of thinking. That's the zoot suit conk era mentality. That's an 80s mentality. Like, we really gotta stop pushing narratives that have clearly changed in our society. Like, we so caught up on what was, we're not paying attention to what is. Like, I told y'all before, like, like if you go to blackdemographics.com, 85% of all black men have a black wife, and 93% of black women have black husbands. And if you want to talk about athletes and entertainers, just look at 2019. LeBron got a black wife. Kevin Hart got a second black wife. Jay-Z got a black wife. Chris Paul got a black wife. 
Denzel Washington got a black wife. Dwayne Wade got a black wife. Well, Michael Vick got a black wife. Let's hear what his guest from the Nation of Islam, Rizzo Islam, had to say in response. The black woman who has been there for us the whole damn time, who was there when us when we were getting lynched, who was there for us when we were getting whipped every day, who was there for us to heal our wounds, to give us consolation of mind, to bring us peace and quiet of mind, to help us to get through another day. If you can give up on a black woman so easily, you don't deserve no other woman because you have demonstrated that you can't give enough love to the number one who needs it the most. Morris Chestnut got a black wife. Will Smith got a black wife. Boris Kojo got a black wife. Hello, yeah, Kojo got a black wife. Steph Curry got a black wife. Exactly. Success. They used I to mean, be. Listen, that is a fact. That's they, they, the zoot suit conk era mentality. Yes, but the narrative has totally changed in 2019. All right, and since you brought up queens. LeBron, let's talk about what LeBron has done for Octavia Spencer. They worked on the biopic about Madam C.J. Walker, who is America's first black self-made millionaire. At the Sundance Film Festival, she was discussing how LeBron actually intervened to help her negotiate her deal for Madam C.J. She said, we need all our male counterparts uh, counterparts to be in the fight with us, and he intervened to make sure that she was going to get the pay that she deserved. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Octavia Spencer has been very vocal about that as well. All right. Now let's talk about J-Lo. I don't know if you guys have seen how incredible that she looks. <laughs> how, as can a, you, how can you not notice? But I'm going to tell you what she just did because she just did a 10-day no sugar, no carbs diet challenge. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's extra abs, muscles, and all of that. And she posted a picture, which Diddy liked. And uh, a- A-Rod had to check him after that. He did? Yeah. You didn't see that? Nah, what he said? Watch but yourself, young man. O- OMG with the hard eyes. Where's J-Lo walking with that crop top on? Though? That was not New York City. No, L.A., I'm sure. Yeah, definitely not, definitely New York. not in New York City. <laughs> definitely not in New York. It's not in Minnesota. It's not in Chicago. <laughs> it's not in Detroit. All right. So anyway, uh, she tried to actually recruit a bunch of people to join her in this 10-day no-carbs uh, no sugar challenge. Wait, wait, what did A-Rod say? When, when oh. did, did he say, oh my gosh, heart, heart, heart? What did A-Rod say? He said, yes, I'm a, he said something like, I'm a lucky guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's all you Watch can yourself, say. Diddy. Yeah, relax. I see you. <laughs> I think Diddy didn't say nothing but wow with some hard eyes. Don't if, say wow. He and, said OMG. OMG, yeah. If Diddy and J-Lo hadn't dated, we wouldn't have been looking at it like nothing. Yes, we would have. We'd have looked at it regardless. Diddy. And if I'm, if I'm A-Rod, I'm looking at it the same way. <laughs> Stay in your lane. J-Lo, first of all, we just heard Diddy complaining about being too fat to drive in a Rolls Royce Phantom <laughs> with his shirt. <laughs> J Lo out here with abs. J Lo ain't looking at If he wants to get J Lo's right attention, he should do the no sugar, no carbs. Yes, he challenge. should. I'm sure okay. he'll do it too. I'm sure he'll no do sugar, it. No sugar, no carbs, no Ciroc for we 30 should, days. We should try that. I do that now. No sugar, no carbs. Yeah, absolutely. Only thing is, I definitely eat a lot of fruits. Yeah, fruit got a lot of sugar. I, I mean, I do too. But it's natural sugar. It's, it's natural it's sugar, right? Sugar, but you just can't overdo it. All right. So they talked about the side effects too, and they said there's bad breath, leg cramps. According to medical professionals, you got to make sure you eat enough vegetables or drink enough water in a low carb diet because if you don't, you won't be able to poo poo. So anyway, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Uh, yes, we are going to be talking about the weather, of course. Also, I was telling you yesterday about how you can actually uh, do that group FaceTime to call somebody, and even if they don't pick up, they, you can hear them and start talking. Mm-hmm. But we'll tell you what happened now with Apple. Okay, we'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I can't stand him, man. I can't. It has to be stopped. Why, why did our intern just make it rain on me with honey packets? <laughs> She threw honey threw, at you? Yeah, she just threw a bunch of honey packets. But did you like it? I mean, I'm putting it in my tea. There you go. All right. Well, morning, everybody. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. 
Yes, first let's talk about this weather. The weather is uh, awful right now, so you got to be really careful if you're traveling this weekend. There's been over 2,700 flights so far that have been canceled, especially in the Chicago area. They're saying in Chicago, Amtrak's not even running, so you know it's cold. So just make sure you check out uh, what's, your, what's happening with your flight. They're saying in Minnesota, it's going to be negative 70 with the wind chill factor. So. Yikes. I read yesterday that 14 homeless people died in Chicago. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people will probably die. It's so cold. It it is freezing out there. Right. So officials are warning there could be almost instant frostbite as temperatures in the region are getting below zero. So just be super careful when you're going out. Make sure you're bundled up. If you don't have to go out, it's a good time to stay in. Put on your big coat. All right. (laughs) We know your wife told you that this morning. Told me to put my long coat on. That's what she told you? Yes. I said it's not about length. But he didn't put it on. She said, I know. I'm married to you. All right, now let's talk about Jesse Smollett, (laughs) Empire Star Jesse Smollett. Now, Chicago police are investigating the attack. Now, they're saying that he did get some type of um, letters that were mailed to Empire earlier in the week, and those were some threats made in the form of a letter toward him. And now they're investigating what is possibly a hate crime. He was in Chicago early Tuesday, walking outside around 2 a.m., and then someone started shouting racial and homophobic slurs at him. That's when two men attacked him. They poured an unknown chemical substance on him, which they possibly say could be bleach, and wrapped a rope around his neck, according to Jesse Smollett. The, uh, he told the police, they told the police that, um, you know, there was bleach on him, possibly, and that they yelled out MAGA country. And the rope was still around his neck when he was found, according to officials. He did do a follow-up interview where he confirmed the MAGA country. Some people were saying that didn't happen. He was found? I thought he walked to the hospital. Yeah, they said when they found him, he still had a rope around his neck. There's so many different stories. Yeah. But he did give that statement to the police. He he did say that the suspects did yell out MAGA country. Now, authorities do have surveillance images of him inside of the Subway restaurant before the attack, but they don't have any video of the assailants. He was treated at the hospital. They are taking this investigation very seriously, and they're treating it as a possible hate crime. Question, why do they keep saying possible hate crime? Because they're still investigating. Yeah, but if he said that he got attacked and they yelled gay and racial slurs, isn't that a hate crime? Like, why is it right. possible? Or like, I don't get it. I mean, I guess it's early. I mean, no, crime did it happen. happen right? yesterday. Yeah, right. crime happened. So. so why is it a possible hate crime? If he said that's what it was, that's what it was, right? Now, here is what Lee Daniels had to say. Jesse, you are my son. You didn't deserve, nor anybody deserves, to have a noose put around your neck, to have bleach thrown on you, to be called die, or whatever they said to you. It starts at home, yo. We have to love each other, regardless of what sexual orientation we are. And no racist can come in and do the things that they did to you. Hold your head up, Jesse. It's just another day in America. Mm. Listen, man, this sounds like something you would see in a movie, on a TV show, but sadly it's real life. So sending positive energy to Jesse, and I hope the people who did that to him get shot. And Lee Daniels is right. It does start at home. Because, you know, yesterday when I was, uh, I, I dropped my daughter off at cheerleading competition, and I was going on my way to the gym, and I had on some sweatpants and a hoodie, and a camouflage tin deep jacket. You know, you dress like that to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the I'm in the gym and I, I I take a sip of water and it's these two young white kids, like young. I'm talking about six or seven, two mm-hmm. young white boys. And he goes, I think I see a criminal. Talking about you? Yes. So and I I'm like, I know I ain't just hear what I think think I heard. So then he said it again to his little friend. So I said, Yo, bro, all black people are not criminals. All right? Okay? Whoever taught you that is teaching you wrong. And then I gave him a high five. And then he goes, Oh, I just got a high five. Wow. So, it's, it, it, so it just it changed just like that. Mm. So, but it does start at home because somebody is teaching that little boy that. 
How did they know you steal from Target? Shut up. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are a criminal. You do steal from Target. You know what? You know, because... It be your own people. You know, because, you know, they were kind of right, it be you know what I mean? People. Think about it. Like, it, it be your own I mean, if you steal, people. you're a criminal, right? Didn't he say you shoplift? Yes, I do. So you're a criminal. That's he was right. Him. That's that not young man was right. That's not that young either. man was right. That's not he's seen a criminal. Here. That's probably why he knows. He listens yeah. to the Breakfast you know Club. There goes okay. that criminal. There goes that criminal. Okay. Yep. Be your own people. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and just so you know, Apple has disabled group FaceTime, so no more of those trying to listen in on people's conversations this group? without their knowledge. Can we knowledge. disable this group? No, you criminal. Let's disable this. How group. about you stop stealing? You criminal. All right, that I'm Angela right. Yee, and that is your front page news. Get my high five. I just got a high five from a criminal. That's what Bobby said. Okay. All right. When we come back. When we come back, we have co-owner of the Sixes. <laughs> Michael Rubin will be joining us. We'll kick it with him when Michael we come back. Michael Rubin, if you don't know who that is, that's one of the rich white guys that be with Meek Mill. Mm-hmm. Okay, owner, co-owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. He's not a criminal. Maybe it's the Michael Rubin daughter, Robert Krafts. He probably is a criminal. That's probably how he became a billionaire. We'll find out. All right, when we come back, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Might be the richest person ever been in the room. I think so. The co owner so. yeah. of the I hope not, actually, for you guys. Why? Why? I want to be the poorest guy who keeps doing better and better. But you're nah. <laughs> discreet say you a billionaire, billionaire. Like a billionaire, billionaire. Like a billionaire, billionaire. Like well, Michael B. Rubin, first of all, say Yeah, Michael Rubin, yes. <laughs> not net worth billionaire, like real life liquid billionaire. Any truth to these rumors? You know, I'll talk about just about anything, but net worth is definitely not where I'm going to start. <laughs> How's that for you? But you know, I want to start because you're. That's just, not how I want to make my name is based on the start amount. There. Of, yeah. Don't worry, Charlamagne's like, what we I call like a it. bird. He likes to talk about. No, I like success first. stories. That's all. I love I success like good stories. American success. Yeah, of let's, course. Let's talk about that. How you started? Because your story is really inspiring. So Thank you started you. out. Cause you let him tell the story. How you gonna I'm, tell? I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm giving you started. I'm giving I, 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 you said tell the story. <laughs> I like it. Go ahead. Can you start off with your story as a kid? How you got into the ski shopping? Yeah. Right? Well, I can tell you this. I was like a horrible athlete. <laughs> I was a terrible student. It's like Charlemagne. Yeah. Which part? The athlete or the student? Both. both, both, both got both, it. Okay. Both, both. The only thing I was good at was business, and I was good at it from the time I was a little kid. So, like, I literally, when I was eight years old, had like three different business businesses. I would go like door to door. It was snowing. I would get five kids to work for me. I'd literally sell sell the snow shoveling. I love those kids, by the way. So do you, I, I was did hustling. You, did you shovel the snow or you had them shovel it and you were in charge? No, I, was, I tell, tell you, I was a terrible athlete already. No, you I, don't have to be an athlete I, to shovel snow. I wasn't strong. I, I would have had a heart attack even at that age. I you was had like, no muscle endurance. I didn't have enough muscle endurance. Yeah. I was weak. Okay. But I'll tell you what, I could sell those doors really quickly. And, you know, it snowed and we could do thousands of dollars in business as an eight-year-old. And I had all the kids working for me. It was it was very efficient. And where were you from? Pennsylvania? Yeah, Phil- from, suburban Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. So every winter you would cake up when it snowed. I went to a ski camp uh, one year and I came back and this is really how the real business started. I learned how to tune skis and a friend of mine said like, hey, you love business. It's really the only thing you're good at. You love skiing. Why don't you start a little ski tuning shop in your parents' basement? I did that when I was 12. And then by the time I was 14, I actually opened my first real retail ski store. Oh it was about God. 10 minutes from my parents' house. Mm-hmm. At 12? At 14 at years 14. old. Yeah, wow. I started in my basement at 12. By the way, when I was 13, I did $25,000 in my parents' basement. Damn. No overhead. No overhead. That's Made 15 brilliant. grand. Did you pay but taxes? That's a great question. <laughs> I can't, hold on. Let me, let me say this. Hold on. Let me say I this. Are the grounds that it could incriminate me? And I don't know. I'm not going to answer that question. No, I, I thought from seven years and earlier they couldn't Yeah, really I don't think so. But still, me, they may come after me. And I really don't know. It was. I mean, I hate to admit it, I'm 46 now. So it was like 33 years ago. But so when wow. I was 14, I opened my first ski shop. And being a 14-year-old owning a ski shop, you get a lot of media attention. So that helped drive the business. Wow. And I did like $125,000 in business and made a nice profit. 
And then I got a little bit cocky. And by the time I was 16, I had a bigger ski shop. And at the end of the season, it didn't snow. So I was literally 16 years old. I had $200,000 in bills. I had $120,000 in inventory. Mm -hmm. A brand new car. That's the the story. I've always come out of late. I actually did buy a Porsche (laughs) as a 15-year-old, even though I wasn't allowed to drive it yet. Jesus Christ, you got a lot of in Pennsylvania then. I mean... With a Porsche. Yeah, yeah you need, I need a couple of drinks before we start talking about that. I got it perfect. When were you going to school? <laughs> I, so, so I had, so I had the ski shop. So now I'm literally like basically bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And um, in the spring of when I was 16 years old, I literally got sued probably a hundred times. They sued a 14 year old. They know I knew how old I was. They oh, said I was 16 goodness. at this oh, point. 16, so, uh-huh. Yeah, 16 years so old. What though? What are you getting sued for? I owe, I owe two hundred thousand dollars to like 150 vendors, and mm. each of the vendors were suing me because I didn't have the money to pay the bills. So now I think I'm going bankrupt. And um, I hire a bankruptcy lawyer. And the bankruptcy lawyer is going through this whole conversation. He says, by the way, how old are you? I'm actually 16. He says, well, that's the best news I've ever heard because you're not allowed to owe money at 16. And so I ended up getting very lucky. It's the first time I ever went to my my parents to borrow money. Mm-hmm. And I went to my dad and said, hey, I can get out of this bankruptcy problem. I need to borrow $38,000, which was a ton of money. $38,000? $38,000, ton of money. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, look, it's a ton of money. But if you agree to go to college, I'll lend you the money. Two mm-hmm. weeks later, I find another ski shop that went bankrupt. $200,000 of inventory that got sold for $13,000 at an auction. So I bought the ski shop for the, I bought all the inventory for $13,000. I said, Dad, great idea. Okay. I just I just bought this $200,000 of inventory for $13,000. He looks at me and says, there is no chance I'm giving you another penny. You got yourself into this mess, go figure it out. Mm. So at I started, 16. At 16. Wow. So I started going to all my neighbors. And I found a neighbor who said, I'll lend you the $13,000 because you're going to make a lot of money from this. What area is this where a neighbor just lends you $13,000? Shut up and tell the story. This is great. Oh, 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 this is great. He, he, he says, I want $1,000 a week interest. Holy Ooh, cow. Three weeks later, I sold maybe a quarter of the inventory and paid back all of the money wow. plus the $3,000 interest. Wow. And what that giant failure did was it taught me into a brand new business. By the time I was 21 years old, I was the largest wholesaler of clothes-out footwear in the world, doing $100 million, making $10 million a year. Damn. And I tell you this story because I saw death in its eyes as a 16-year-old, thought I was going bankrupt, and then that got me into the clothes-out business, and I became the biggest clothes-out seller of footwear in the world. Were you born into money? My, I grew up in a very middle-class family. I mean, mm-hmm. my, you know, my, the house that my parents bought that they lived in my entire life was a $42,000 house. So it's, not, you know, very middle-class mm-hmm. family. But if you just join us, we are talking with co-owner of the 76s, Michael Rubin. Now, tell us about this GSI Commerce. What company was that? Because you started that company. Tell us about that and how you did that. Yeah, so after I nearly went bankrupt and I built this pretty big business buying and selling um, excess footwear, mm-hmm. um, that led me to basically, I then had a couple footwear brands in my early 20s. And then the internet thing came in 1998. I knew nothing about it. And we were a public company. We had about a $200 million value of the company. And there was one person who was an analyst who actually followed our company. He called me and said, hey, Michael, what are you doing about this internet thing? So I did what any entrepreneur would do. I started calling the big accounts from my existing business. So I called Mitchell Modell at Modell's. Mm-hmm. And I called the Sports Authority. And I called Dick Sporting Goods. And I called all the big sporting goods retailers. And I said, what are you guys doing about this internet thing? They said, you know, we think it's a really good opportunity, but we have no idea how to approach it. Like, you're young. If you have a, if you have some internet solution, bring it to me. And so I basically, having no experience, mm-hmm. I basically started GSI Commerce, and I went and I got the five biggest sporting goods retailers to give me all of their e-commerce rights over long-term deals. And that's how we started GSI Commerce, which then, over time, we started to work with lots of other retailers. So it became 
the biggest infrastructure for big retailers to run and big brands to run their e-commerce business. And it became a pretty big company. I sold it in 2011 to eBay. It was a public company. They bought it for um, $2.4 billion. And, and, um, so that's how you made your first initial huge, huge money, I guess? Yeah, abs yeah. Ab abs absolutely. Now, let's talk about the 76s. How did you become co-owner of the 76s? How did you do that after you sold GSI? We sold GSI to eBay in, in, in spring of 2011, and Josh Harris and Dave Blitzer put a deal together to buy the team at the same period of time. Coincidentally, the owner of the Sixers, Ed Snyder, was a, a terrific individual who started the Flyers and, and was responsible for the Sixers. He was my next-door neighbor. Mm -hmm. So he sold the team to Josh and Josh Harris and David Blitzer, and they were looking for strategic partners that, that could you know really kind of add some value to the business. Bring the 76s back. And for me, my primary business then and today is still Fanatics, which is the largest retail in the world of licensed sports merchandise. So I've been in business with the NBA from 2000, and, you know, really from 99 from my old company. So I knew David Stern and Adam Silver really well. And the truth, the real story was I called David Stern. I said, hey, you know, I met Josh Harris and, and David Blitzer. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, kind of doing this with them. Um, we're having these conversations. What do you think? And David said to me, you're the only one I know. If there's ever an issue, I know to call you. So I want you involved yeah, with this. I want you to right. do it. And, and, and that's how I got involved with the Sixers. So it was wow. a combination of Josh and David putting the deal together. And David Stern told me he thought it was a good idea for me to do it. We have more with Mike Rubin when we come back. Co-owner of the Philly 76ers. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have co-owner of the 76ers, Michael Rubin, in the building. How did you meet Meek Mill, first of all? How, how did you and Meek Mill establish this relationship? Yeah, so it was, uh, we were at the All-Star Game maybe five years ago, and my daughter at that point was a fan of, of, of Nikki, and he and Nikki were sitting next to us. Who's Nikki? Nikki Minaj. Minaj. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh I, th I feel the same way, by the way. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my daughter was just talking to Nikki, and Meek's like, you know, in his way, he's like, who are you? I'm like, you know, I'm like, or he's like, oh, you're the, 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 <laughs> you the Sixers guy. Nikki? The Sixers guy. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like who, are who, who are you? And he said, and then within a second, the, what I loved about Meek from the, from the moment I met him, he just started peppering me with business questions. Like, mm -hmm. hey, if I want to do this, how would you do, do that? And if I want to do this in sports, and if I want to put this deal together, in a lot of ways, he was a similar version of me from a completely different environment. Mm. And so he started coming coming to a lot of our games after we became friendly. And one night, maybe we'd hung out at the games maybe 10 times. And we were at halftime. And I'll remember this for the rest of my life. I said, um, hey, you, you, I'm going with some friends to the Brigada afterwards. You want to come? He said, I'm not allowed. I'm like, do you need permission from your mom? That's literally That's what, what I said, said to him. Yeah. I said, you need I said, you need permission from your mom? I was joking. I was being a wise ass. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, like yeah. He's like, no, I'm on probation. I'm like, how's this probation thing work? I'm not allowed to leave. I'll get arrested. I'm like, what'd you do again? He, he took, from this is, you know, going back five years ago, he's like, I was charged for pointing a gun. He's like, Michael, if a black person points a gun at multiple cops, they're dead, period, end of story. And so, you know, we, were, we let's say we were becoming more and more friendly. You know, by the time November 6th of 2017 happened, he'd become one of my five, 10 closest friends. So going back to 2017, First, he had these these two really minor incidents, the, the pop in the wheelie and the breaking up the fight in the airport. And so I started to make my own phone calls to find out, is everything he's telling me true? All I was hearing was, everyone loves him, but he's got this crazy judge. The first thing I, I kept getting back, he's done everything he's been asked from a probation perspective. You know, he's well-liked, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a little bit on rap time sometimes, but this is a good guy, you know, he's doing lots of charitable things. I, I couldn't hear anything bad about him. So now, the judge sets a probation hearing. He's like, Michael, I'm really nervous about this. I'm like, do you want me to come? He's like, you know what? 
I don't want to put you out again. Like, I, you know, but if you have the but time. But yes, please. If you have time. <laughs> please come. Please. I don't want to put you out there, but. So come. I went down. I remember this was probably the moment I remember most of my entire, nothing more than this moment. So I go in the courtroom and now it's supposed to, I think, start at either one or two o'clock. And like 45 minutes later, the judge isn't there. So now I'm like, okay, what is going on? Like, hold on. We had a time. She's not here. What's going on? So she comes in and I watch the probation officer get up. And the probation officer gets up and says, like, you know, we've watched Robert Williams develop. He's done everything we asked. We think he's a model probationer. We recommend no sentence. Mm -hmm. Then the DA gets up. District attorney from, you know, Philadelphia recommend mm -hmm. no sentence. Yeah. Now we're like three hours into this thing. And the judge is literally berating the probation officer. She's screaming at the probation officer. Why? That's what, and I'm seeing this all firsthand. Mm -hmm. So you don't know what you're talking about. I've been involved with this case for 10 years. You, you know, you know, you've only been involved for a short period of time. You don't know what I've been through. I'm like, all I want to do is take my phone out and record it. Mm -hmm. So now we're three hours into this thing. They take an intermission and we walk to the bathroom. And I said, like, like, oh, sorry. I said to the lawyers right before, I'm like, I, like I, I'm assuming that everything's fine. Like everybody said, he should be probation good. officer and DA right, both right. recommended the no DA sentence. The DA said no sentence. The, the lawyer right. said, "Here's yeah. the good news: in the history of anything they knew, they've never heard of someone where the judge goes against the probation officer and the and DA. The DA right. They were aligned." So we go to the bathroom, like, "Yo, bro, there's no problem. Like, mm -hmm. you're completely good. Like, there's nothing to we're worry." We're gonna go about. to dinner after this, and <laughs> and I walk back in. There's like five cops walking in. So she sits down. First thing she says, "I'm sentencing you two to four years in state prison." Ooh. And I literally, I look at Meek, and he always wants to be Mr. Tough Guy. His eyes turn pink. You know, there's tears coming out of his eyes. I have tears coming out of my eyes. And I looked at him, I'm like, I will not stop until you're out of prison and she's off the bench. Wow. Mm -hmm. And and by the way, and Jay-Z basically called into the exact, exactly the same thing. Like, we're doing this together. Like, I will not stop until he's out of prison. Yep, if you just join us, we're talking with Michael Rubin, co-owner of the 76ers. Continue, Charlemagne. What was your initial thought when, when, my, when that happened? My initial thought was that this was a completely crazy judge. That my original thing was we started saying, okay, let's look at this judge. So I said right away, there's, there's something the matter with this judge. This judge is wrong. This judge is wrong. So we started making a lot of donations to people that were hiring investigators. And now everything I thought was true. We found out that the judge had over 30 individual lawsuits that she had sued people individually. People that she was saying, I'm a judge, you can't do this, or get out of the apartment that I own, or I'm going to, you know, I'll have you evicted because I'm a judge. We actually found a police officer, current police officer, who was doing construction for her. And I'm surprised the story hasn't come out more. She kept changing what she wanted. And ultimately, the police officer said, I'm no longer going to, like, you keep changing what you want. I'm not doing it anymore. So she fires the cop from doing, doing the work. She then reports him for breaking into her house and stealing his tools. She then tells someone in her house that she hid the tools off site. She then was so dumb, she sent an email to the person in writing saying, when you testify, here's what I want you to say. Wow. Really? And then we got the computer and got all the information. So why I is mean, she still on the stand? Yeah, why is she still because there? the criminal justice system is broken and she shouldn't be. And by the way, I don't believe she will be in a year from now. The behavior she's got away with, any of us, including me, would be in prison or jail. Did she try to sue you? I wish she would, because if she did, we could take discovery from her. And that, that she's threatened to sue me multiple times, but she doesn't have the courage because she knows the second she sues me that she's going to have 100 lawyers getting discovery from her. Is she still Because Michael Money Long. I would love her to sue me. That would be that would give me great honor. I would, I, I'd be excited about it. Is that. she still presiding over Meek's case? I'll fast forward and come back to it in a, in a second. Mm -hmm. so, so, by the way, I'll tell you the greatest story of all. Hershey Park. She goes to a legal convention at Hershey Park. And in the middle of the night, she wakes up and apparently there's someone's name tag had fallen in the bed. It happened hundreds of times, according to Hershey Park. 
She said that she had severe trauma from the name tag that was in the bed and that she sued Hershey Park because she's had PTSD from PTSD. whatever. Yeah, I can't yeah, get yeah, my acronyms yeah, yeah. right. And literally, Hershey Park had never been sued. It had happened hundreds of times. But she said, basically, I'm a judge. And so if you don't pay me, then I'm going to yeah. sue you. And they ended up selling with her. And wow. by the way, what? And by the way, just last year, she got in a car accident. And in her most recent lawsuit, which she filed after all this, this stuff happened with Meek, which if I were her, I'd be like, I'm not filing a lawsuit when I know there's a bunch of people coming after Everybody's me. Everybody's watching you. Right. And she said, literally, she couldn't do her job. So it's like, decide, like, you've either had so much damage from this car accident that you can't do your job, and she should have been off the case, or you haven't had the damage, and you can do your job. But you can't you can't have had tremendous mental damage, and also you can do your job at the same right. time. So originally, I was so totally focused on her improper behavior. Me kept saying to me, I, I know what you saw is bothering you so much, it's driving you crazy, but I didn't point the gun. I'm telling you, I didn't point the gun. He said, he said to me one day, he's like, get the original gun. He's like, he's like, he's like, I promise you, like, you can prove I didn't point the gun. So I left there and I like, I called, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta go back and interview all the original cops. The first cop that got interviewed. So oh yeah, I was one of the two arresting officers. He never pointed the gun. He was just trying to get rid of it and run away. I'm like, can we get an affidavit? They're like, yeah, we're drawing an affidavit up right now. Then we find out, wait a second, the whole unit was dirty. The arresting officer, this guy, Reggie Graham, was so dirty, he yeah. was listed as a cop too dirty to testify. Um, and that was like a secret a, a, document that it wasn't. A secret document. They didn't yeah. tell us the entire time Meek was going through mm -hmm. all these these issues. Now it takes us another three months to get him out. All right, we got more with the co-owner of the 76ers, Michael Rubin, in the building. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hello. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have co-owner of the 76ers, Michael Rubin, in the building. Charlemagne? How did it change the way you view systemic racism in America? Completely. I was oblivious. Yeah. I had no clue. Right. And it wasn't because I didn't care. Like, I have so many, I've got the most diverse group of friends of anyone on the planet. But it's just like, I just didn't see it. Like, I like I was in my own world. Until it affects somebody really close to you, you probably don't have any idea. That's like, why you didn't even realize yeah. he couldn't travel out of state. None of it made sense, but it didn't hit me until being in that courtroom that day. You know why you're rare? You know why you're rare? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. How, you know, how did you get him out, though? Because you never told how he finally got out. Well, no. uh, it was a combination. He kept saying. Well, mm -hmm. it was a combination of it was proven that she was a bad and dirty judge. Mm -hmm. It was proven that he didn't do what he was originally charged of. Then, because we're doing all this work, the Philadelphia Inquirer, give them credit, they discovered their original arresting officer was on a list that was too dirty to testify. So now you're like, you have one affidavit saying he didn't commit the crime from the other origin, the other arresting officer. And now Meek, Meek's arresting officer, is on a list that's been on for like 10 years. He should have been out the same day. And here's the craziest thing of all. His charges uh, should have uh, been dropped. Here's the craziest thing of all. He's still on probation. Exactly. It's still not over. Right. This guy's got five years left of probation. That's the thing that literally... It makes my like it, it makes me so That's what I mean so when I say the charges mad. should have been dropped. Yeah, I got I got a lot of questions. Like there's a lot of injustices that happen in this country. Like that could have shown you systemic racism exists. Why Meek's case in particular? Because I'm sure that you would see these yeah, but, black men and get killed at the hands of the police. Because it wasn't. Let me. It's it's completely different if it's one of your closest friends. Mm -hmm. If you told me right now that your friend was sick and you need to do something, I'd send a check. Because that's what I've always done. I've been a check sender. Well, okay. you know, since uh, you asked, uh, 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 Michael. But, but I, I got you, I got you. But, but, but all kidding aside, like, when, when, when someone comes to me with a problem, it's generally, like, in 99% of the cases, you, you send a check to help. When you watch one of your closest friends right. get royally f***ed over, right. and you know he can't do anything about it, you have no choice. What did you used to think when you would hear about those cases 
on the news where an unarmed black man was killed at the hands of the police. Like, what did you what did you think? Or did you think about it? At I all? didn't think about it. That's, that's the, real. That's the honest answer. I didn't, I didn't think about it. It wasn't. I didn't think. It's just like I'm in my own world, man. I'm building a multi billion dollar business. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm involved with the Sixers. I've got a daughter who you know needs me less and less in her mind these days, <laughs> but, but needs me. So uh, uh, you know, like I'm focused on my own world. It's like you got blinders. You I know why I respect you though. It's not the person that doesn't know who's the problem. It's the person who knows but doesn't care. So it's like now that you know, you're using your privilege to combat a lot of these prejudices you're seeing. Yep, if you just joined us, we're talking with Michael Rubin, co-owner of the 76ers. Continue, Charlemagne. What uh, what kind of pushback do you get because of your allegiance with me, but also going so hard? Because prison reform is big business. So a lot of people might think you're trying to mess up their money. In the beginning, everyone was against what we were. Like, I had so many people call me in the beginning and say, like, don't get involved with this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be bad for your reputation. I'm like, I don't care. Right. And what's Take bad for on. your reputation about fighting an unjust system? I think right. people are stepping on people. I'm just I'm, 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 I think you're right. People, yeah, but you're stepping on people's money. Private prisons are big business, and you're one of those big business guys. So it's got to be called behind the scenes. Like, Mike, come on. I didn't get those calls at okay. all. The calls that I did get was the people who believed the media that you talked about. Mm-hmm. Is this not a good guy? But I knew him so well. I knew he was a guy to back. Now, what, what's your Kevin Hart story? You said you had a, a, a great Kevin Hart story. Oh uh, well, Kevin Hart. So, so he comes to. So we were the Sixers in the playoffs. It's closeout night. We're playing the Miami Heat. It's game five. Kevin is in Philly. Kevin says, "Hey, I want to go see Meek." And like they spend a couple hours together. So we're finishing up, and Meek says, "I'm never getting out of this place." I said, "You know, bro, maybe we get out tonight." He's like, "Michael, stop saying that. I'm never getting out of here." Mm-hmm. I said, "Bro, maybe we're gonna be at our game tonight." He says, "That is never happening." So now it's two o'clock. We leave. I go back to my office. It's now four o'clock. People come running in my office. The Supreme Court just ordered his release. I can't even get in touch with him because it's not like I can call him. And right. be like, I okay. told you. <laughs> right, right, right. And so I call Kevin. Kevin's, Kevin's like, it was all me. It was all me. I got him out. But, but a- anyway, we go. And and the, the what's become a legendary story now, I was just going to drive and go pick him up. And he had always said to me, like, I keep having this dream. You land in the helicopter and you pick me up in, in prison. And his guy's like, you got to pick him up in the hell. You got to pick him up in the hell. Literally 10 minutes later at the prison, and sure enough, we pick him up, we fly to the game. He goes in, he's literally, as everyone knows, I mean, this guy's in his prison clothes, running down into the, you know, through the tunnel, <laughs> into the locker room, high-fiving everyone. Someone comes and shaves him, brings him some clothes, and then we win win the game, and, and we're on to the next round What's of the What's the Cavs story? The Cavs, the Cavs story is him being in prison when Mika's saying, you, I'm never getting out of here. And Kevin's like, to have a good attitude, but the whole oh, thing, he, got was, you, got he was you, part got of the you. whole conversation. Then he said it was because of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, before you leave, you got to tell us about reform. What initiatives is Reform Alliance launching or planning to launch? Yeah, so so reform, you know, obviously the idea came from everything that we've talked about today and, and certainly um, beyond over needed. We're going to focus 100% on probation and parole. And the reason is there's 6.7 million people in the criminal justice system today. Four and a half million are on probation and parole. Okay, so it's two thirds of the system, but it's the part of the system that people really haven't focused on. And if you think about it, it's what stalked Meek's entire life. And so we want to really fix the probation and parole laws and rules. So we're going to go state by state and work to get laws that make sense. And look, like Jay-Z said at our press conference last week, and like I've said a hundred times, and Meek said, there are a lot of people that belong in prison. But, you know, you need the crime and the time to kind of fit each other. And to me, I think of the four and a half million people on probation and parole, I think you could cut that number in half Mm -hmm. and have communities equally safe. We want to get a million people out of the criminal justice system in the next five years. Yes. So I went out. We raised 50 million bucks to start. That's probably as big as a commitment as you could ever have. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I'm writing a big check into this. Then I, then you know, Meek agreed right away. Then our next calls were to, to Jay-Z and Robert the same, you know, same moment we started talking about this. They said, yeah, we're in. So now you're starting with, with Jay-Z, 
Robert Kraft, Meek Mill, and Michael Rubin. So now we said, okay, who are the other people that could really help us? And, you know, we ended up with incredible partners. We have Robert Smith, who's the richest African-American person in the world. Uh, Clara Sai, who just bought the Brooklyn Nets. Mm -hmm. We have Dan Loeb, who's one of the most successful hedge fund uh, managers in, in, in the world. Mike Novogratz and Mike and Dan, what makes them really special, they've spent a lot of energy on criminal justice reform. So we want to get their expertise into this. So we've got $50 million. We hired Van Jones, our CEO. He's dedicated his life to these issues. And uh, we couldn't be any more committed. I would love to, I mean, I, I, you probably can't answer this question because you're not Robert Kraft, but I would love to know how Robert Kraft is pro-Trump when a lot of the policies Jeff Sessions has implemented are directly fighting against what y'all are fighting for. Yeah, so here, here, here's what I can say to you. I may not always agree with Robert. Robert may not always agree with me. He and Trump may not always agree on stuff. But what I can tell you this is for this issue for reform, reform it's a bipartisan issue. And I got to right. tell you something, Trump, and I'm, I'm not a Trump guy at all, but Trump was a huge advocate to help to get the First Step Act done, which has been the biggest step forward in criminal justice, you know, reform history, you know, kind of in, in our generation. So I got to tell you something, I think Trump actually cares about this issue. Now, how can regular people get involved, all of us? The first thing is to educate people. Like, the biggest thing is there's so many people that were like me. Until November 6th happened, I had no clue of this issue. Mm -hmm. I was completely clueless. And so I think being on your show, talking about this today, is the biggest thing. We gotta tell the story about how many people are unfairly caught in the criminal justice system. And you can always uh, use this outlet. Well, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I, I, I didn't know a lot about the show before. Meek tells me how much he loves it. I saw you had Kevin on recently, mm -hmm. but I, I gotta tell you something. The biggest thing we need to do is spread the word. We gotta educate people. That, that is the number one thing we gotta do. Now about, now about my sick cousin. Anyway, we appreciate <laughs> you. We got, <laughs> we, got, we got your sick cousin. We appreciate you for joining us. And we'll let you know we have this outlet anytime you need it. So we're here for you and we, we're here to help people as well. So we're going to come back and talk about those laws we need to get changed because that's one of the biggest things we need to do because it's going to be state by state, law by law, convincing right. people to help us. And the 76 is good luck this season. My Knicks ain't going to be there. So good luck to your 76. Thank you. Well, the Nets will be there. So oh, there you go. You no, it's all sixes Nets. all the time. I don't want to hear about these Nets. Nets baby. All right. Well, it's Michael <laughs> Rubin. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Well, let's get to these rumors. Let's talk Tory Lanez. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, yesterday we played this snippet of Tory Lanez. He is in a beef with Don Q. He did a diss song called Don Queen, and somehow Dream Doll's name got caught up in it. And here's what he said. You paid Dream Doll for a feature to get the piece off, and somehow you think you went off with me. The first night I seen Dream Doll, I huffed her for free, and now you walk around like somehow you got one up on me. Now, relax, okay? Why are you talking about Dream Doll? Well, I love the fact that she clapped back. She did her own diss song. Clap back? Y'all. Dream came with all the artillery and wet the whole block up. I'm not going to lie. I was impressed. <laughs> Everybody got hit. The Everybody. Dream Doll diss track is called On Your Head. I was saying I was in the story, had a meat in my box, eating my ass, you try to suck my feet through my socks. Oh. Don't ever say my name on the record, you trying to get props. Cause the day I feel disrespected, I make you my ops. Oh. I put that piece of on your head in the bed. Up and down, round and round, had Beijing all in my legs. Woo! And that's words to my mother nugget. Only again I ever fuck that one of the threesome with another nigga. Listen, get it dreamed up. Drop on the cool bomb for Dream Doll, damn it. We're not done. Here's another snippet body. from Dream Doll. Yeah, I put that loose that, that you left in your house. You finally got a tour with Drizzy, not keeping it out of your mouth. You've been begging for attention.
attention. Begging for a lynching. You mad? I post a comment to say it in my mentions. Nigga, it's up. Your brain will come and get you again. Had the wooden Jesus peace master strengthen again. And the worst part is I used to dig this again. You was wearing off brands. I had to drip this again. Whoa, you was wearing off brands. I had to drip you. You couldn't even dress. Canadian bum. We shouldn't say that. Oh, now you involved. You didn't hear that You didn't hear that ad No, I didn't hear that Drop on the clues, Bob, for Dream Dog. God damn it. You was frightened on Dream Dog yesterday. I was not frightened on Dream Dog. that's artist? Oh. I wasn't thinking about Dream Dog. Oh, yeah, okay, well, now you are. Dream Dog body toy, That's right, I get it, Dream Dog. Charlamagne never texts me. Okay? He never texts me. Yesterday he said, yo, did you hear Dream Dog? She bodied it. First of all, don't say I never text you. That's not true. Okay. Not about no damn music. I don't oh, never yeah, want to have Beijing between my legs. That's all I know. When you got Beijing all between my <laughs> legs, no, she thought you. it was her period. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, she did. What? She got no dream doll, caught a stray, and that Tory Lanez disc. She did. Got a little grazed, came <laughs> back with a nuclear bomb. Drop one of Clue's bombs from Dream Doll. Oh, I, I don't even know. I don't know how Tory Lanez can respond. <laughs> that right there might make his new headline receiver. <laughs> <laughs> all right, another person that went at Tory Lanez is my son. Well, how did my son get in this? Who if mentioned he, my song? His song is called If He Dies, He Dies. Damn it, Mercy. Damn. You ain't no street living. You ain't never ride around with no heat living. You ain't never take no bricks to go meet living. You a R&B melody on the beat living. A sweet and a young living with an old face. Sad. You ain't comfortable in your own space. You came in the game hating on Drake. Jealous because he was the man in your home base. Now you on tour with him. You did all that just to do a song with him. He can rap, but what the fuck is wrong with him? Ziggin' no it's whack. Y'all just gonna go along with him. See, here's the thing about expectations. <laughs> My song just somebody pissed him off. No, My song was like, I'm jumping. Uh, maybe because they're both from the Bronx. But listen, here's the Don thing Q about expectations. Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Don Q and My Son are rappers. We yes. know they rap better than Tori. Tori can rap. Tori can rap. Mm -hmm. But the reason we look at Tori and we get excited when he puts our rap records because we really don't have an expectation. Right? No, he can rap. So when I hear Mites do that, I'm like, okay, Mites, you're supposed to rap better than Tori. <laughs> but Dream Doll, though! <laughs> Drop one of Clues Bomb for Dream Doll! Dream Doll! Let me hear that Beijing between the legs line one more time when she said, I thought it was my period, but it was ink from your hair. She didn't yeah, say I that. I put that loose yeah. that you let me in your house. You finally got a tour with Drizzy, not keeping it out of your mouth. You've been begging for attention, begging for a lynching. You mad, I post a comment to say it in my mention. Your brain will come and get you again. Had the wooden Jesus peace master strengthen again. And the worst part is I used to dig this again. You was wearing off brands, I had to drip this again. I just heard something disgusting in there. But what, what part did you hear that was disgusting? She said he tried to suck her feet through her socks. Socks, yes. What kind of animal are you, Tori? Maybe she had cute socks on. 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 Maybe she had cute What's wrong with you? That All is, right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. You're a maniac if you try to suck feet through socks. You're a weirdo. She, he was trying to suck her feet, not his own feet. I know that, no. but you're still a maniac Bro, if you try to you, suck feet through the socks. You tried it. Yo, who are you giving your donkey to? 
He don't even know. He's off to. He don't know what's going on. Going on. <laughs> thinking about sucking feet. Come on, who you give that damn donkey to? Oh, yeah. uh, this kid from South Carolina named Emmanuel Franklin. He needs to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. I thought you wanted to give it to Tory Lanez for that. Can we ask people if they've ever sucked feet through socks? Is that a thing? I, I don't would know. never eat somebody's socks. Right. Those socks are walking around the floors. Where is bonds? It's gross. I don't guess know. if you eat ass. You did say you eat ass. So if you eat ass, then wrong day. All ass, right, God, donkey, today's up next. Okay. Come on. Your ass isn't on the floor. But the it's floor a, is so dirty. What are you? You never scrub the ground? <laughs> what? Goodbye. Happy. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. Yes, donkey today for Wednesday, January 30th goes to a 19-year-old man in Sumter, South Carolina named Emmanuel Franklin. Dropping the clues bombs from my home state, South Carolina. 803-864-843 all day. Now, South Carolina, I need y'all to simmer down. All right, this is the second donkey today. South Carolina has gotten in the last four or five days. We're getting a little flutterish. Okay, now everybody relax. All right, Emmanuel is 19 years old, and we have to understand that in this era, scamming is at an all-time high. Everybody's scamming and stealing, and you can't trust nobody. It's disgusting. Everybody got a GoFundMe account. Everybody got a life threat, an emergency. Everybody trying to get you to donate to their cash app because it's somebody sick that they know. Are they sick? Like, you really don't know who to trust out here. Mm-mm. Not your friends, not your family, not the lady you buy Starbucks from every morning. It's nasty in these streets. All for the love of the dollar. And Emmanuel is one of those scammers, okay? Emmanuel needed money so bad that he decided to scam the one person who would probably be there for him no matter what. Who is that? Who is that in y'all life? Your mother. Exactly. Your mom. Your mother. Your old earth. The vagina from which you came. Let's go to WLTX 19 CBS for the report, please. Deputies have arrested this man because they say he blackmailed his own mother. He is 19-year-old Emmanuel Franklin. Now, deputies say on January 22nd, Franklin calls his mother to believe that he would be killed by kidnappers if she did not pay $130 by putting money inside a mailbox. Now, Franklin reportedly later told officers that he made up this story to get $130 from his mom. He is currently being charged with blackmail. $130. $130. When I was 19, I could think of so many different things that I could have done to get $130. Number one, get a job. Okay, I worked at Temp Services, Taco Bell. I did telemarketing. I worked at warehouses, flower gardens. I knew how to make a little change, okay? I've collected cans to take them to recycling bins. I've cut grass. And when all else fails, you can always sell crack or a little weed. I'm not encouraging that. Mm-mm. I'm simply saying it's a lot of ways to make money that don't include stealing or scamming from your own mother, okay? Emmanuel, this is crackhead behavior. I don't know if you smoke crack or do any kind of narcotic, but this is definitely the behavior of someone who likes to smoke fried cocaine. You know that's all crack is, fried cocaine. Black people love to fry things, and that's how crack was invented, but that has nothing to do with this story. Your mother is more than likely the one person who loves you unconditionally on this planet. No matter what you're going through as a man, your mother will always be there for you. You can be a stone-cold killer in jail for shooting up a church, and your mother will still pray for you, all right? Still answer your calls from prison. Still come see your lame ass, because that's just how a mother loves her child. A mother's love for her child is like nothing else in this world. It knows no law, no pity. It dares all things and crushes down remorselessly all that stands in its path. That's Agatha Christie, by the way. Dropping the clues bombs for Agatha Christie. And for you to prey on that love, for you to prey on your mother's love, Emmanuel, stressing your mama out, raising her blood pressure, pretending to be kidnapped and held for ransom 
for $130. I guarantee you, if you would have simply asked your mom for that money and had a legit reason for it, she would have given it to you, even if she didn't really have it to give. And you know your mama don't got it. She's probably getting SNAP benefits every month to feed your little ass, and now you scamming her out of $130, money that goes towards shelter to keep your little grown-ass warm because you are a little grown-ass because you're 19. Now you're in jail, charged with blackmail, and if you needed $130 for whatever reason, then I know you don't have no money for bail. I know you don't have no money for a lawyer. So you're just going to be in there stuck. Property of South Carolina, crying your ass off every night. And the only person who's going to answer your phone calls and be there to pray for you and encourage you to be strong in spite of is the same woman that you tried to scam and steal from. My brothers always love your mother because you will never get another. Emmanuel Franklin, Franklin, you're only 19, so you can still bounce back from this. But in the meantime, give Emmanuel Franklin the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons, please. Oh, now you are the donkey of the day. All right. Thank you for that donkey today, Charlemagne. Mm-hmm. Yes, now- we got to stop getting scammed by people. I actually retweeted somebody's GoFundMe yesterday thinking it was real. And then I went and looked at their page. Because I felt bad. The whole family was homeless. Yeah. And for the past two years, all they've been doing, their whole page, is them asking for money for a GoFundMe. What for are like they two from? years. From their own account. But I was like, oh, So you just so seen sad. it was retweeted? Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So then I unretweeted it. So they, they got smartphones. What? Oh. So they, <laughs> the can pay their bill, they can pay their smartphone bill every month. Yes. Yeah, but it was like for the past two years, the whole timeline was them adding celebrities. Like, please contribute to this GoFundMe. Please. Well. Mm-mm-mm. I was like, oh. Gave up your smartphone. Maybe got you a little flip phone. And then you started taking that money for your smartphone bill every month and putting it into a little pot. I'm just saying, after two years, you have a nice little something to do something with. Well, the GoFundMe has zero dollars contributed. Oh. I really looked <laughs> so, zero dollars so, for two years so you were the to only try one. to get this GoFundMe. I'm gonna be honest with you. I need a little more information about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little bit more information. They added you too, because mm. I looked to see everybody. They all they did was hit up celebrities. Mm. Mm. You're the only one that retweeted, huh? I felt bad. Oh, my goodness. All it right. It was like a picture of the whole family. You retweet, but you ain't put no money in that GoFundMe. Well, then I, went to, I went to go look at it, and then I was like, let me look at this account. Mm. And then I said, oh, okay, they've been doing this for two years, just adding celebrities. They have nothing else on the timeline but that. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Up next, Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Yee right now. She'll help ya. So call her now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? It's Sativa. Hey, Mama, what's your question for Yee? Um, I, my little brother is in California. He's by himself. He don't got no family. I think he's gang-banging. I keep trying to talk to him about it, but he seems like he's just, like, distancing himself from me. I just don't really know how to approach the situation. I don't want my little brother to end up on a T-shirt. Right. I think, um... What you need to do is, have you gone out there to see him, to see what's going on? I haven't gone out there to see him. Um, my dad lives out there, but he got remarried. He got a new wife and, like, basically just kind of left him to fend for himself. He was living in his car at one point, like, didn't have nowhere to live. And Maybe you need to I, fly your brother in to see you. I tried to ask him if he wants to do that. He just keeps saying, like, no, I got this producing thing I'm doing out here. I'm not gang banging. I'm not throwing up gang signs, nothing like that. And, like, he gets mad at me, and I just 
I really just don't want my little brother to end up on a t-shirt. My husband just had to bury his little brother last year because mm-hmm. he was doing the same thing. I know, and it's so hard because you can't control what he's doing when he's not there. Right. I think no matter what, you got to figure out because I can imagine when my brother, you know, I'd be concerned about him too. I think... What you need to do is fly him in, get him to come see you for whatever reason you have to make up to get him to do that so he can spend some time there with you. All right. And let him know how much you care. And let him know that he could talk to you about anything and that you're not going to judge him and that you're his sister. You care about him. You love him. I'm not judging you about whatever it is that you're doing. I just want to talk to you. I want us to have these open, honest conversations. Bring him to you, even if you have to go get him. Right, exactly. Okay. All right. All right. Well, good luck. Thank you so much. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, call Yee right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hi, uh, this is LJ. LJ, what's your question for Yee? All right, uh, I just need, like, an advice. Just kind of, I guess, help me lean towards a decision or not. Okay. The whole situation is I met my girlfriend like summer 2017 mm-hmm. and we were together for like five or six months before I figured out or she told me the whole entire situation with her children were staying you know, with her parents. Mm-hmm. So she moved her, her children back in with her and I come over a, a while, a little bit, and she broke down the situation to me because I know she works out of state. Mm-hmm. Like the way where I live and where we met, she doesn't work here, but she has a house here. Mm-hmm. So she had her kids come stay and ask me if I could, you know, be with her children and watch her children while she's in and out of town. Wow. And that's been going on for like eight to nine months now. Now, how do you feel about that? I mean, how many kids is it? Uh, it's, three, it's three kids. Do you see yourself marrying this woman? Uh, we are never getting married. We, I was trying to get married a couple of years ago. It didn't work out. I told myself I'm never getting married again. And okay. she, does, she agrees she doesn't want to get married. Is she the one? I have deep feelings for her, and, you know, we've established this relationship, and over her kids, it's pretty, everything's pretty good. I I love her, I really do. It's just, I don't know, because, you know, I'm getting slack from my family, too, because mm-hmm. I took, like, I only have a semester left before I graduate, mm-hmm. and I took this whole, like, I haven't been back to school in two semesters, because I'm busy with work and watching her kids. Whoa. You know, so... So my, my family like really giving me a lot of slack behind that. They say I'm getting distant, I don't do nothing with family anymore. And I was really family oriented. So it's been kind of weighing on me pretty heavy lately. Okay, and how do you feel about it? Because if you had no problem with it, we wouldn't be having this discussion. But clearly it is something that's been weighing on you because I don't understand why you're the only person that can watch her kids for her. She does have family. That's a big responsibility well, her, to put her, on her you. Family lives, her family lives in another state and mm-hmm. she went through this whole thing with like her family was trying to take her kids from her because they felt like she wasn't providing enough because she works so much. Yeah, and that's a lot because clearly they're kind of right. She does work a lot and now this responsibility has fallen on you, which is a huge one. And it does uh, seem a little selfish and unfair to you. So, yeah, and is mostly she, I feel like it's kind of unfair to the kids because we like, yeah, uh, they want to be with their mom. Relationship with those kids, and if I leave, I don't really know how that's going to affect them. Right, and at some point, she's going to have to figure out how to change her life so that she can be more in her kids' life. What is she sure, doing to, to make know, those moves? You know, you know, as adults, we we go through college and stuff, and we start chasing our careers. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what she's on right now. She's like chasing her career, which is a good career. I can't like right down for that. 
And it's like if she wasn't making no money or nothing like that, it'd be different. But it's like, well, you know, know, kids are a priority. True. Does it make you feel differently? Like she's because listen, I understand chasing your career, but when you have kids, sometimes your priorities have to shift. I mean, they definitely do. She might have to do something where she either moves or she's going to have to figure out how she can simultaneously do both and make sure that her kids are well cared for. But I don't think that whole responsibility ha- should fall on you. I mean, yeah, and it's been like, it hasn't been discussed. Well, you need to discuss it. it. It's been brought up. And I just feel like if it all boils down to it, I just see myself just leaving the whole situation in period. I just want to say this. I don't want you to make sacrifices in your life, in your career for somebody you don't even know you're going to end up with. Like you said, you're about to graduate from school. There's things you want to do. And uh, you're actually you're actually making more of a sacrifice than she is because you're not doing what you want to do so you can watch her kids. Mm. So you might have to let her know, look, I'm not available at this time, this time and this time. You're going to have to let me know how are you going to work this out so that you can be there for your own kids. Stop saying yes every time and you guys have to have a serious discussion and see if there's some way that she can rectify the situation and if this is nothing that can be done, if you don't want to make that sacrifice, you know, I think um, those are huge decisions that you have to make. But at least let her know. You can't just be angry about it and not tell her. Alright, true. I understand. I just think the worst case scenario of the situation is her like losing her job or having to move back, you know, home with her parents or something like that. I, I mean, maybe that, she needs to move closer to her job. Uh, that I, I wouldn't want her children to have to go through that because she moves, she changes the location like every three or four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I look, when you have kids, you, you got to adapt your life to your kids. Period. Where's the dad? I don't know. She told me his name one time. He denied her youngest two. He said something like the oldest, only the oldest is hers, but they were married for five years. So I feel like he's just an asshole, period. Right. Well, look, it it sounds like a messy situation. I just don't want you to look back later and be like, damn, I took care of this woman's kids. I didn't even take care of my own life. All right. Well, you're a good man. So, you know, follow your heart. If this is the love of your life, you guys got to work it out. Okay. All right. Thank you. He's like the nanny and the man. All right. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes. And what would you do to make sure that you're you're successful at your job? Well, we'll tell you about Andy King from the Fire Festival yet again. And now he's gone viral. Listen to what he has to say as an update. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey. Nobody going to say nothing back? Hey. Okay. <laughs> B. Woo. C. A. D. You like the D, huh? You was quick to say that D, huh? Okay. Uh, all right, all right. All right. Grow Everybody up. Simmer down. All right. Jesus. Morning, we are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. <laughs> Let's talk the Super Bowl. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. No, 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 no. So Maroon 5 is not going to be doing the pre-show press conference. It's officially off. Or the halftime press show conf- uh, halftime show press conference. It's been a pr- tradition for years. Uh, Justin Timberlake did it. Lady Gaga did it. Prince, um, you know, actually played his guitar during it. So right now they're not going to do it. They said they're going to let the show do the talking. So Maroon 5, Travis Scott, that's what's going to happen. All right, so we shall see. I wonder if they're going to make a statement. Because with all the pressure from social media and all the backlash that they've been getting, are they going to make a statement Mm. at the halftime show? We'll see. Mm. I would hope so. 
You know, because there's a lot of people watching to see what's going to go down. A lot of people watching and a lot of people not watching. To you see know what's interesting? Justin Timberlake took a knee last year, but nobody paid it no attention. They just thought it was a dance move. Did he? Yes. Oh. All right, so um, now let's talk about J. Cole and Meek Mill. They're going to perform at the All-Star Game, FYI. Meek Mill is going to open up the night, and uh, J. Cole is going to perform during halftime. All right. What now, song is J. Cole going to perform during halftime at the NBA All-Star Game? He's going to do a few songs. He's not going to do one. I'm trying to he's think of what records show. that J. Cole has right now. Got to be the, uh, the early up, ones. A little up-tempo enough to be it. Yeah, it'd have to be like the early joints. He could right? do his verse on... also. At the NBA after? He could do the yeah. first verse. He could do his, mm-hmm. his verse on The Star is Born. Yeah, That's up-tempo. Jesus. Jesus. J. Cole got a lot of hits. <laughs> Jesus. All right, now there's also a Soldier Boy San, a mural in San Antonio. I know you guys have seen this. Shout out to San Antonio because we're on there in the mornings. Hey. Dropping the clues bombs for San Antonio, damn Colton Valentine has already done a mural that says Drake where he's wearing the Gucci headband, so... Shout out to them. All right, now let's discuss this fire festival. Yeah, we still on the San Antonio. What's that we were? Oh, we just started. I see Charlamagne looking like <laughs> He's looking for the station. Oh. I was not. I see you I looking. dropped on a cruise San Antonio's San Antonio. our latest market. I know. you. The way you were looking, I said, let me double check. <laughs> we good. You, listen, do you realize you be on the radio when you be talking? <laughs> You do know we on air live, right? <laughs> My God. God, man. <laughs> I've been trying to get out to San Antonio for the longest because I've never been there. Me too. And, you know, I do Diamonds Direct. Um, in San Antonio, so I got to make sure I go there and get my diamonds because Valentine's Day is coming up. But that was Diamonds Direct. It's a store where you can buy all your diamonds and all your jewelry and everything. You ain't got a jeweler prices. here in New York? Listen. Y'all getting money. No, I don't have a jeweler. No. All right. Now let's talk about Excuse Fire me? Festival. Now, Andy King, who was a producer of the Fire Festival, and he was also on Fire, the greatest party that never happened on Netflix. He has become viral after that entire documentary. Here's what he said on that documentary that made people be like, this guy really cares about his job. You got good penis. What? What? No, that's not the clip. I don't what? know what that was. What? Now, what? just to set it up. What are y'all doing here? I don't know what that was. What? Just, Charlamagne just yelled out. I don't, I don't know, know what's what going on. I don't know why this show is I'm confused. I have no idea why Charlamagne just screamed out. But what happened was there was some water stuck in customs. It was going to cost $175,000 that they did not have to get that water out of customs. And here's what happened. That penis will do that to you, man. This, this has to stop. What is everybody going on needs, here? Everybody needs to grow up. <laughs> In this room. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. What is okay. happening here? <laughs> Could you kinky play the show, fire man. festival no, you're clip kinky, from bro. Andy, please? You're kinky. Billy called and said, Andy, we need you to take one big thing for the team. You're our wonderful gay leader, and we need you to go down. Will you suck to fix this water problem? And I literally drove home, took a shower. I, I drank some mouthwash. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really, and I got into my car to drive across the island Mm-mm. to take one for the team. I just want you to know that out of context, <laughs> this clip sounds like he's just trying to unclog a pipe. <laughs> I just I'm told sure. you what just happened. I said it was $175 to get the stuff out of customs, the water out of customs, yes. which they didn't have. So yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just out of context, it sounds like he's going to unclog well, a pipe. Well, out of context, you screaming certain things out is weird, <laughs> I, too. I don't even, you know what? All right, well, here's what Andy King has to say what's happened to him since this uh, documentary has aired. Ooh. His penis is huge, oh. isn't it? <laughs> what is going on? Ah! <laughs> Who are you this talking to? to? No, I mean, you just can't spit stuff out. Well, you know what? Forget it. Yeah, don't spit it don't out. Don't spit it out. I get taken out of context enough on social media. I don't need to get taken out of context on my on a radio show. These are the things that you say. I did not say that in that way. Yes, you did. Oh, God. 
Are we going to play what happened? Oh. I just don't want to be necessarily known as the <laughs> up king of the world. I'm blown away with the response of the documentary. Completely blown away. I'm now a noun, a verb, an adjective. When someone reached out last weekend and said, you're trending. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what trending means. People are talking about you. I'm like, oh, gosh. And then yesterday, someone's saying, yeah, you're a meme I'm like, what's a meme They're like, no, Andy, it's a meme. And they're creating ads about you. Andy, what's wrong with being known as the blowjob king of the world? He was blown away. You can't say that. That's why we bleeped it <laughs> yeah, out on the audio. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you just Andy. can't spit stuff out, man. Andy, what's wrong with being known as the BJ king of the world? Yeah. He said he was right, blown Charlamagne. away. Like, think about it. You think about Corinne Superstar, she made a career of being known as a woman who gave good fellatio. So what is wrong with Andy being known as the BJ king of the world? Well, first of all, we don't know if he's good at it. That That is true. Okay, yeah. You don't want to be king. You don't want to get a crown if you don't, you know, ain't... Anyway, moving on. That is your rumor report. Charlamagne, you just yelling out random things no during the rumor report. You yelling out random things during the rumor report really I just... Didn't, I didn't say nothing. It. You did. You know we're on camera. Yes. Hey, that little devilish six-inch penis, get that away from me. <laughs> what size do you want? Y'all are so immature. Oh, we immature. You ruined my whole rumor report. Oh, oh, oh. All right, well, thank you for that rumor report, Yee. Yes, thank you, too, I really want y'all to grow up. And drop on the clues box for 98.5 to beat in San Antonio. That's what we're looking for. 98.5 to beat in San Antonio. Yes. I don't know why y'all kept picked us up. You got a birthday shout-out, It might be the last day, huh? You got a birthday shout-out to do. A birthday shout-out? Oh, my goodness. Oh! Oh, my goodness. I thought we were filming this and sending it. All oh right, well, goodness. happy early 25th birthday to Duje at Penn State. Uh, we want to let you know that your mama loves you a lot, and your mama, Sandra Dean, works up here with us at Revolt and the Breakfast Club mm-hmm. as well. Wagwan. Sorry, Sandra Dean. He's 25 years <laughs> old today. Wagwan, happy early Bradrin. 25th birthday. Wagwan! Wagwan, Yes, he is Jamaican, but we do not need y'all to do that, okay? You're destroying the patois. Wagwan! All right, Revolt, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else. That That was blow, blow, blow. Everybody else, let's get to this mix. Blow, blow, blow. Everybody is DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout to Michael Rubin, co-owner of the 76ers, for joining us. Billionaire, too. Yeah, salute to Mike Rubin, man. Good dude. Um, I thought it was a very interesting story. I thought that, you know, him admitting that he had no idea what was going on <laughs> amongst other communities is a very honest answer. Because, you know, like Doughboy said in Boys in the Hood, either they don't know, don't show, or don't give a damn about what's going on in the hood. But it's, a, it's, it's about once you do know, what are you going to do? Absolutely. I mean, I think we're all victim to that. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in other communities that, that we don't know about. Yes. And like when Vic Mensa came up and talked about what, you know, the things that he seen when he was overseas, we just honestly didn't know. Yeah, or just the love of mayonnaise. We don't know why people love mayonnaise. You said what? We don't know why white people oh. love mayonnaise, you know what I'm saying? But they do. You know, everything's about buttholes and mayonnaise with oh you, you know God, that? Oh my God, stop it. Everything. But I understand that not, <laughs> not really caring as much about things as we should until it affects you personally. Like, knowing somebody who has multiple sclerosis, I wasn't something that I even was aware of yeah. as much mm. until one of my friends was really struggling from it, and we went out to eat, and it took her, like, literally 20 minutes to walk from the car into the restaurant. And I was like, wow, this is something I really want to get involved in just because you see it affects somebody that you care about directly. Absolutely. True. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, when we come back, we got your positive note. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne. Yes, my positive note of the day is coming from this great book that I'm reading right now called Digital Minimalism, Choosing a Focused Life in a Noisy World. 
by Cal Newport. It's not out yet. It comes out February 5th, but I was reading this chapter last night called Spend Time Alone, and he talks about this thing called solitude deprivation, which is a state in which you spend close to zero time alone with your own thoughts and free from input from other minds. So I just want to tell everybody, man, it's okay to be alone. It's okay to be in solitude. Sometimes you need to be by yourself. You need to disconnect from everything. And sometimes you find yourself in the middle of nowhere. And sometimes in the middle of nowhere is where you find yourself. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?